Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. Oh, yes, it is. Welcome, in everyone, to the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander, the most factual podcast in the world. If you didn't know, episode 21. That's right. Fully legal adult. Xander's Facts Podcast. I mean, come on, how about that? Thank you all for joining us Wednesday, June 23rd. And remember, if you like the Xander's Facts Podcast, if you want to support the Xander's Facts Podcast, then remember... Go hit that follow button, then hit the download button on this episode, then click the rate button, then review it, and then go on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those, and go follow at Xander's Facts. That's Xander with a Z. And most importantly, remember to spread the facts. Tell everyone you know about the Xander's Facts podcast. I don't even care where you are, what you're doing right now. If you're driving, if you're sitting at home, go tell somebody. Xander's Facts Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Episode 21. Big week this week, especially in the sport of basketball. That's cool. Because we have finally made it to the conference finals in the NBA playoffs. There are four teams left, and we're going to break it all down this week with our special guest. That's right. Hillbilly is back for a Xander's Facts record third time. Come on, how about that? It's incredible. How about that? In fact, we've got so much NBA to talk about that we're going to start the podcast off right now with NBA Talk. So here we go. We've got Hillbilly in the house once again, and we're talking some NBA right now as the Zaders Facts Podcast continues. Xander's Facts. Welcome back. To another edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast, I'm the aforementioned Xander with Hillbilly. He's back as our special guest. Hillbilly, how is it going today? It's good, very special. Well, of course. I mean, Xander's Facts for like the third, t- I don't even know, third time or... Well, I, I understand that some other people came on again, so I need to make sure that I have the most appearances. Yes. Yeah, that, that needs to be settled. So we've got another one here for you this week with Hillbilly. We're going to talk bunch of NBA because this week is a big week in basketball. We've got the conference finals starting off this week. So let's start in the East where the Bucks from Milwaukee are playing the Hawks from Atlanta in the finals. So first let's talk about Milwaukee and the Bucks. So they last series, they beat the Nets in seven games which was pretty amazing because in that seventh game we we were watching it we i at least didn't really think they're going to win that game while playing it but they came out they won it in overtime yeah and, and not to correct you on alexander's or on xander's facts but um i don't Xander's think that facts, the Bucks yeah. beat the nets i think they beat a few of the nets certainly not all of the nets yeah <laughs> but they beat the big net kevin durant <laughs> because his shoe is just one clown size too large. I think his shoe size is like an 18. If it was like two sizes smaller, the Nets would be in the conference finals right now. That's true. Like really. That's that 
That's true, but you know what? There were a lot of different plays at the end of the game, and if a lot of them had gone slightly differently, the game would be different. If Brooke Lopez had been told that there are only two point something seconds left on the shot clock, he wouldn't have done that stupid stuff that he did. And given that the Bucks, I believe the Bucks killed them on the offensive boards, there's a really good chance that if he just threw it up, Milwaukee rebounds that and the game is over. But the Bucks ended up winning. They're here. And they swept the Heat in the first round. Right. Which, I mean, is the defending Easter Conference champions. But, uh, okay, whatever. So the Bucks are here. They, well, they beat, I mean, yeah, they did beat a couple of the Nets. They didn't have Kyrie. They didn't have James Harden for some of that series. And then when they did have James Harden, he wasn't really himself either. Yeah, but, you know, James Harden is, I think, one of those guys that understands the game well enough that even when he is not at 100%, he's still really good and a big asset. And Kevin Durant is incredible. And I think that Brooklyn doesn't get enough credit for the other players on their team. Like, Joe Harris obviously didn't have a good game or really a good series, but he is a good player. Bruce Brown is, is really good. They've got a bunch of other really good players on that team um, that I think helped them. I, I, I do think it was a big deal for the Bucks to beat them. And I'm right there with you. I did not think they were going to win. Not until the very, very yeah. end of the game. It did not look like they were going to win that game. But they did! Yep. Well, they swept the Heat, as you said, which yeah. is a big deal. Because even though the Heat were not having their best year, they still play tough. Jimmy Butler's always going to play tough. They still had that mental edge mm -hmm. on them from last year. The first game was as close as a game can get, and the Bucks still took control, which is really good. And they still beat the Nats, even though Kyrie wasn't out there. So they, they did a really good job. I think they've got some problems, like we were talking about earlier. The fact that I think in that last game, their bench only gave them like four points or six points altogether is horrible and they're gonna have to fix that because atlanta is a pretty is a really good team but we'll get into that in a minute well i think we mentioned it in an earlier podcast that milwaukee used to be a deep team but they changed that all this year to be a top heavy team so they can compete in the playoffs like this yeah and they really haven't done the player development that they used to be kind of known for they really don't it's not like they have a bunch of guys on the bench that are like okay well they're not there yet but you can see the talent you can see and like maybe in the playoffs maybe they can just have a really good game they just don't really have those guys anymore and i think that's that's a pretty big problem for them so the bucks are here in the east and they play as we said the hawks from atlanta who got here not a lot of people thought they'd get here. Well, some people didn't think they'd beat the Knicks in the first round. They did in five games. And then they beat the top-seeded team in the East, the Sixers, in seven games. Both of those Eastern Conference semifinal series went to seven games. But they're here, and they beat the Sixers. They beat a healthy Sixers team without Danny Green, really. Well, Embiid does have a torn meniscus. Yeah, that is true. But he still played really well. He did. He was by far their best player. He did. He had that one really bad half, I think, in game five, where he went like 0 for 12. I think that was his first game back after the meniscus tear. But Joellen was not the problem in game seven. 
I think everybody in Philadelphia knows exactly who the problem was. And his name might start with a Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons. So there, there's that stat that he shot in all the fourth quarters. It was a seven-game series, so there were seven fourth quarters. He shot the ball three or four times, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> he was afraid. And then, oh. you know, the, the big iconic moment in game seven, right before he got benched, which is insane that your number one draft pick gets benched. Your point guard, too. You know, I understand taking a center out of the game, but to take your number one draft pick point guard out of the game with two minutes left in game seven, and it's because he passed up that wide open dunk because he was terrified to take the shot. And that is a broken, broken man. That team needs some help because that was their number one pick. Right. And a couple years ago. And yeah. there were a lot of people that thought that they may have been able to trade him for James Harden earlier this year. And that Philly oh. was possibly the ones that were saying no. Terrible. Which is pretty crazy. Because I would take even even the hobbled James Harden. Uh, even with his injury, I think anybody would rather have him out there than Ben Simmons. But, you know, to put, I think to put a couple things into perspective, though, Ben Simmons had a really good game defending uh, Trey Young. Trey Young did not have a very good game from an efficiency standpoint, and a lot of that has to do with Ben Simmons playing defense. And Ben Simmons was also not the only person out there stinking it up for the Sixers. Tobias uh, had a horrible game. I think he was like 8 of 24 or something like that. And he was missing one wide open shot after another. So what is going to happen with Ben Simmons here for the Sixers? Because, I mean, he didn't he sign that long-term deal? Right, but they have, they have to trade him. I don't think they really have any choice. They either have to trade him or they have to fire Doc Rivers because I don't think that you can have both of those people on the same team after what Doc Rivers was saying about him in the postgame, where Doc Rivers is asked, whether or not Ben Simmons could ever be the point guard on a championship team. And Doc Rivers' response about, again, their number one drafted point guard was, he didn't know. Oops. Which is something that you said. I think they're going to have to trade him. I don't think they're going to get much for him comparatively to what they could have gotten last year. And I think Philly is in a little bit of trouble. So let's talk about the Hawks. So the Hawks were 20 and 47 last season. That was the record. And now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Last year, they had Vince Carter, Evan Turner, Alan Crabb, Jabari Parker, Damian Jones. They were all on their roster. They're all gone. Now they've got Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, Clint Capella, Lou Williams, all playing impact minutes for this team. Like they're a totally different team besides. Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter. And now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think somebody on your podcast once said that Nate McMillan should have been Coach of the Year. Huh. Oh, well, he was not Coach of the Year, so. He should have been Coach of the Year, but then it was it was an easy call. Okay. It's looking pretty good right now. But, you know, DeAndre Hunter's hurt. Cam Reddish is not that big of a deal for them, I guess, but he's out and they still, yeah. you know, they played well. Yeah. DeAndre Hunter is not going to be, be available for the series or if they go to the finals, Reddish might be, but as you said, he's not that big of a deal for 
as big a deal as Hunter is for Atlanta. Yeah, Hunter had a really Hunter had a good year. He'd be he'd be really important in the playoffs right now. So let's talk about this series. So you got the Bucks and the Hawks. We talked about how they get here. So what's going to happen here? Because the Bucks won the season series two to one. Atlanta won the final meeting near the end of the regular season back in late April. So what do you think is going to happen here, Hillbilly, with this series in the East? Well, I, I think the Bucks are going to win. Um, I think that their uh, big three of Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday are going to be too much for the Hawks. But I think that the Hawks definitely have a, a, a puncher's chance of, of winning. And I, I think it depends on whether or not the Hawks can, can start dictating how the game is being played against the Bucks. So, for instance, if if they can play Brooke Lopez off the field or off the court, which they can do, if Trey Young, they're going to give Trey Young the floater, and Trey Young can hit it. And if he's hitting it more than 50%, that's because Brooke Lopez isn't closing out on him fast enough, and they're going to have to do something about that. And then that means that the Hawks are dictating what's happening in the game, which is really good for the Hawks. But I think that Holiday is going to be well enough against Trey Young that I think that that's unlikely. And if they can keep Brooke Lopez out there, I just I, I think that they're going to be too much. It's too much size. And while guarding Trey Young is tough, I don't know who the Hawks are going to put on Chris Middleton. I don't know who they're going to hide Trey Young on because they've got Trey Young cannot guard anybody. If you played a pick or twenty one against Trey Young, you would score some points. He'd definitely kill you. But you would score the points. I think that's how defense is. It's the truth. I mean, he would obviously annihilate you, but it wouldn't be like if you played against Drew Holiday, where you are not scoring any points against him. And so it's kind of a matter of who who are they going to hide Trey Young on, and if they run the same starting lineup that they did um, against the Nets, they will probably try to hide Trey Young on PJ Tucker. Because I don't know where else they would put him. You can't put Trey Young on Holiday. You can't put him on Middleton. You can't put him on Giannis. That or that would be a lot of fun to watch if they did. Yeah, for Bucks fans. I think you have to put him on Tucker, and I think that could be dangerous for Trey Young health. Because one check from PJ Tucker could send all 150 pounds of Trey Young into the next. Uh, Next zip code. PJ Tucker's a lot bigger than Trey Young, but I think most of the players on the floor are a lot bigger than Trey Young. But I don't know. PJ Tucker has a pretty simple offensive game, though. So, yeah, that's probably where you'd have to put him. But then you're going to be giving up some offensive rebounds because every time somebody shoots, Tucker's going to crash the boards and he is going to run right over Trey Young doing that. And that that's a big problem for the Hawks. I picked, well, I had the Bucks going to the finals, so of course I'm going to pick them here against the Hawks. But like you said, the Bucks are just a lot bigger. They've got Giannis, Middleton, and Lopez. Atlanta's best player is Trey Young, who's going to be the smallest guy on the floor. I just think the Bucks can outpower them. But the, the Bucks need to do a much better job of running their offense, of trying to get good shots, because they just don't do that. We want that game together the game seven Mm -hmm. and it it was frustrating to watch the the bucks just not run plays and i I don't understand what's going on with that but that's a big problem for them and 
well, if their offense struggles, they're going to have issues because Atlanta's got shooters everywhere. Like we said, Bogdanovich, Young, Herder. Herder. Yeah. You know, if Trey Young did not win game seven for the Hawks, it was Herder, obviously. The, the, the whitest man in the NBA. <laughs> 27 points, though. How about that? He was really good. And, you know, I think that the the Hawks just have a, a bunch of guys that can really play and, as you said, really shoot. So it'll it'll be an interesting round. I just, like, who who are they going to have guard Giannis? I, I don't, you can't put Capella on him. Capella's got to be stuck on Lopez. Who's going to guard Middleton? They don't have that's where they're really missing DeAndre Hunter is having somebody with the mobility and size to give someone like Chris Middleton problems. And they just don't have that seven games. I think it's going to be a problem, but Nate McMillan is such a better coach than the Milwaukee coach that booty. Yeah. I hate to say it. Overrated. But it'll be fun. I think it'll be a really good series. And, you know, maybe Trey young just makes a really big step towards truly being an elite NBA player. And maybe we get to watch that happen. So, All right. So Atlanta plays Milwaukee. That series begins on Wednesday. Both of us have the Bucks going to the finals, just like we did at our playoff preview. That's a big fact. So then we can go to the West, where the Suns from Phoenix, who I think we both had in our preview, Play the Clippers, who none of us had in our preview. So let's start here with the Suns. The Suns had a tough first round as a two seed. They played the defending champion Lakers, who were the seven seed, and they beat them in six games. Now they weren't the Lakers, of course, weren't healthy, but that's pretty big deal. The defending champion going out in the first round, and then in the second round. They swept the Nuggets, who went to the conference finals last year in the West. So how about that last series, Hillbilly, for the Suns with the Nuggets? Jokic, of course, played well for the Suns. The MVP. It's a fact. But, you know, by the time game four was winding down, he knew it was over and got that flagrant too. Yeah, I think the Nuggets were completely exhausted. And not to take away from what the Suns did, because the Suns did exactly what they should do. They they knew that they had the, the Nuggets on the ropes, and they closed them out really well. But I, I don't think that that was typical Nuggets. I, I think that they're a lot better than that. You know, it really stinks when by far your best guard is Paul Murray. And, you know, he is a guard that was – he may have been the best guard in the playoffs last year. In fact, I, I think he was. I think if you looked at the numbers, it's really hard to say that there was a guard in the playoffs last year better than Jamal Murray. Losing him was really tough. And then on top of that, you know, their, their next best guard is Will Barton. And he is really important to the Nuggets offensive scheme because he is a, he is a good scorer that can do it in a bunch of different ways. And then he's gone. And then their next best guard is their backup point guard, Monte Morris, who came back during that series, but wasn't really ready to take on a lot of minutes. So, you know, because of that, you are playing Austin Rivers, who the closest he came to playing NBA basketball 
this year was sitting on his couch playing NBA 2K because he was <laughs> in the league, just wasn't even playing on the team. And then Facundo Campazzo, who is, you know, maybe five foot six, just really, really overmatched physically in the NBA. And yet, you know, they still did a really good job. They definitely tried, but the Suns totally had him outclassed. Aiton is becoming a very good player. You know, it's always going to be bad that somebody took Aiton over Doncic or Trey Young. Like, yeah. he's never going to be better than them. But he's definitely not a bust. He's a really good player. So, the Suns are really good. I mean, they beat the defending champion. They beat the two teams that were in the Western Conference Finals last year. That's a fact! So, the Suns are in the play uh, the Western Conference Finals for the first time in 2010 when they had Steve Nash. Quick facts! So, so, the Suns weren't even in the playoffs last year. They almost got there. They went They went undefeated in the bubble, I think. Watch it! Buddy. But now they're in the Western Conference Finals this year because of the additions they've got, Jay Crowder and Chris Paul. And of course, Chris Paul is in COVID-19 protocol. He missed game one, which was Sunday. He's going to miss game two, which is Tuesday. So we don't we don't know about Chris Paul like that. And that's a big deal for the Suns. Yeah, it is. But, you know, we, we've seen what happens when the Suns without Chris Paul play the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, and that wasn't a fluke game. The Suns looked better. Booker looked like the best player on the floor. Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker is legitimate. He's, he's, I think he's already better than Paul George. What do you say? And I think he is, I think you're right, I think he's the best player in that matchup. Now, if Kawhi came back, I think Kawhi's still better than Devin Booker, but I don't think Kawhi's coming back. We don't know about Kawhi either. They've been mute on it he missed game one he's gonna miss game two they say it's a knee injury some are saying acl they're saying it's not as worse as the clippers have feared though but we i mean we don't know he could come back for game three he could miss the entire rest of the playoffs yeah i just when i look at the watch the suns play they don't have any problems there's really nothing wrong with that team they've they have a good player at every single position. They don't have anybody that you have to hide on defense. They're just, they've got very good bench players. You know, we were talking about the Bucks and how they really don't have any up-and-comers on that team. But the Suns are loaded with them. You know, Mikel Bridges is one of the best defensive players you'll see. And he's young. He's only getting better. Devin Booker is still just getting better and better they just they have so many players that are on the ascent and they're already very good devin booker's 24 years old so i mean i mean the only player that that really gets a lot of time that is as good as he's ever going to get is chris paul and he is point god right i mean he's he's just so good but you have all these guys like cam johnson who is only going to get better and he is already really good campaign plays well that campaign can be a bit of a defensive liability but he's really the only one on the team but he's not a starter. i mean the suns have been young for a while now they've been one of the worst teams in the league and so now jay crowder and now they now they're in the western conference finals too many facts the west is a lot more unknown right now than the east because there's two major players who we don't know when they're going to come back. So we've mentioned the Clippers. The Clippers, their first two 
series have both gone to seven games. They beat the Mavericks in seven games, and then they beat the Jazz. And they had a day of rest in between game seven against the Jazz and game one against the Suns. So, I mean, they've got to be tired right now because the Suns had a week off in between their, their second round series in the conference finals. I don't think the Suns really had to go to that last gear to beat them. I, I think they, I'm not saying they cruised through it, but, you know, I, I don't think they really got pushed to the max like the yeah. Clippers did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Clippers got pushed to the max two times. If Kawhi comes back, Kawhi is still the best player in, in the Western playoffs. It's as far as what's left. Because Kawhi is kind of old news, and I think one of the stories that's happening in this playoffs is we're seeing so many new faces, and I love that. It's it's about time, mm-hmm. you know, that we're talking about Trey Young, we're talking about Devin Booker, you know. But Kawhi was probably playing better basketball than anybody in the NBA when he went out. His shooting percentages were through the roof. His defense was as good as it's ever been. Well, maybe not as good as it's ever been, but probably still the best defender in the league. You can't dribble the ball around him or he'll just take it from you. He was playing insanely well, and Paul George has surprisingly stepped up. Playoff P has Playoff made appearance. And, you know, if all of a sudden Paul George has all this confidence and you bring back Kawhi playing the way that he was playing, they'll probably win the entire thing. Xander's facts? Because that, because And the Clippers have other really good players on that team too that would be really really tough just don't think we're gonna see Kawhi come back healthy but who knows and even if he comes back i mean that that's a knee acl injury like that i don't know that's just gonna be tough right so the clippers and the suns and the west so uh the clippers won the season series two to one but phoenix won the final meeting back in April, kind of like the East. So game one happened on Sunday. The Suns won that game, 121-14. Devin Booker had 40 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. A triple-double. Whoa. I was talking about earlier, or I guess in the last podcast, you know, Luka Doncic could be the breakout star of the playoffs. Trey Young could be, but it looks like, as of now, it's Devin Booker. Yep. Who probably shouldn't be because he's 24 and he's had a 70 point game before. But he's, I mean, a lot of fans are starting to take notice right now of Devin Booker and the Suns. I mean, 24, well, you look at what Michael Jordan was doing at 24. You look at what LeBron James, what he was doing at 24. They weren't winning championships just yet. They were still kind of figuring it out. You know, LeBron had not really developed his, uh, his outside game. So that he was actually a bit of a liability when it came to guarding his outside game. Jordan had a much tougher road because of Boston and Detroit back in the day. Yeah. But he wasn't winning championships. He had a 24. So, you know, Devin Booker. And it's funny, too, because the, the NBA players have been telling us about Devin Booker for a couple of years now. Yeah. Like, why he an all-star? Why isn't he all NBA? He is incredibly good. Did you guys miss that 70-point game? <laughs> you know, like, that doesn't yeah. just happen. He's Not, really good, and you walk yeah. out there, and he just has that kind of steely look. Like, he, he has no doubt in his ability at all. 
Not many players in the NBA have scored 70 points in a game. Right. Like, that's a rare club. All right. So, Suns, Clippers. So, game two is Tuesday. Game three is Thursday. All right. So, Hillbilly, predictions here. Who's going to win? Well, I know it's kind of because we don't know if Kawhi's going to come back. We don't know about Chris Paul. But as of now, what's your prediction? Well, that's the thing. I think the most likely thing to happen here is that Chris Paul's going to come back, and Chris Paul's probably going to come back looking exactly like he looked before. Yeah. That's the most likely thing to happen. And, you know, as a corollary to that, it's also most likely, I think that if Kawhi Leonard does come back, he does not look like himself. And if that's the case, and I think that's the most likely thing to happen, I, I think that the Suns roll them. It's a fact. I, I think you're looking at, like, maybe even a five-game series. And I don't think that the Bucks are going to roll the Hawks. I think that's going to be a tough series. Oh. And that is really going to help the Suns. I mean, if the Suns come in off of, let's see, we swept the Nuggets. We didn't have that much trouble against the Lakers. And we, like, let's just say that they beat the Clippers at five. They are going to be fresh. And the... the- Eastern Conference Finals start three days later than the West. So that factor that in too. Right. And and you look at the Bucs, and then this is just assuming the Bucs win, but you know, like they 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 beat the Heat. That was a big emotional thing for them. Yeah. You know, that was a really big deal. And then they had what everybody was calling the 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 finals was that Eastern playoffs game or matchup yeah. between them and the Nets. A lot of people are saying, well, that's the real finals. And the Bucks just barely get over the hump there. Mm-hmm. It's like more, you know, emotional energy do they have. Whereas the Suns haven't really had that yet. So, and and how that shapes out, does that mean that the, the Bucks are just too exhausted, like physically and emotionally to go forward? Or does it mean that they're more battle tested and they're ready for that? The Suns aren't. I don't. It'll be interesting to see. It will be. It Suns Bucks series in the finals would definitely be interesting. You've got Giannis and Booker, and Chris Paul. Chris Paul would go to that'd be his first finals too. At what is he? 35, 36? Yeah, it's a big redemption story for Chris Paul because you know he's just he's never done anything in the playoffs. And he's had a lot of bad luck, but still. So I think they'll beat the Clippers too. Devin Booker right now is the best player on the floor. We saw with game one. And I mean, maybe playoff P. Because he has been playoff P. He gave himself that nickname a couple years ago. And everybody was like, what are you talking? <laughs> you don't perform in the playoffs. And he finally has this year. But I mean, I just think the sense. I just, they've got the young talent and they've got the old veterans who can keep them in check. They've got Jay Crowder who was in the finals last year with Miami, Chris Paul, you know, they've got Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, like Kevin Booker's playing more and more like an old veteran every day. Yeah. They, they really, like I said at the beginning they're the Suns don't really have any problems. And they've got a good coach too. Monty Williams. They do just not as good as Nate McMillan. But a good catch. All right, so let's go. Finals. We've both got Bucks and Suns right now. You kind of previewed it. What's going to happen? The Bucks, you know, they're might be drained or they might be, you know, battle tested. And the Suns have kind of cakewalked through the last series. So, what is your prediction here for the final second time prediction? 
because we had that first one. It didn't turn out so well. So we can redeem ourselves here. But we both picked the Bucks. Are you going to do that again? Are you going to pick the Bucks? Yeah, I think I'm just going to kind of pick with the team that I want to see win. I mean, I'd, I'd be I'd be fine seeing the Suns win too. Yeah, I'd really like to see the Bucks do it. I think it's their best chance. And you know, I I haven't really thought that much about the matchup and how it would really look, but I. I do think that the Suns are going to have a hard time dealing with the, the inside power of Bucks, but Aiden, Aiden's really good. I just, again, who is going to cover Giannis? I mean, I know like Mikhail Bridges will probably do a fantastic job against Middleton, but then I don't know who they're going to have on holiday. Um, I think those three players are just too good, but you know, it'll be really interesting to see. I think, I think it'll be a, I think it would be a really good finals that would go at least six, probably seven games. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the finals. Like I'd be fine with whoever wins. Cause you know, back when it was warriors Cavs, you know, I think probably a lot of people were rooting against LeBron and were rooting for Steph and the warriors, even though they were a super team, but at this, you know, it's really, you know, what do you have against Giannis or what do you have against Booker? Yeah. There really aren't any villains out there. It's um, it'd be a lot of, a lot of fun to watch and probably a lot of really good basketball. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I I'm I've got the Bucks. If they do, if it's Bucks Suns, I'll have to I have to go with my previous prediction. So I'll go with the Bucks. I mean, how about that? Sanders facts. We got playoff preview. We picked the Bucks. Picking the Bucks now. Sanders facts. Lay down the money. That's right. I mean, come on. Sanders facts. So we'll see. The conference, I mean the conference finals are underway this week. The finals, I believe I saw, so in two weeks is when the finals will start. And then tonight, we find out about the lottery. That is true. So the lottery. So next week, we're going to have another segment with Hillbilly. Hillbilly's going to come back on next week, talk about the lottery. Four. Four I mean, appearances. How about, that's, that's a Xander's facts record right there. Like, give, give you a <laughs> plaque or something. So before we wrap up, I just want to get two things in here regarding basketball. So for next season, because there's a report out that the NBA wants to start next year's regular season, October 19th, which is back to normal. Usually they start the season in mid-October and the finals would end in June. But this, this past year, the season started right before Christmas and the finals are going to be in July. So I wanted to get your thoughts because I'm kind of against that. I wish they'd started a little later, but I don't know. I want to see what you think. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I don't, I, I think it's too much to be a coincidence. The number of injuries we have seen this year because of the short layoff. Um, I think it's too much to be a coincidence that the final four teams from the playoffs last year exited early and even the nuggets who made it a little far they looked like they were just done yeah completely done so did the lakers so did the heat and all of the injuries every team has has these injuries that they're dealing with except i guess for the Suns. you know everybody has them you know to a more or less extent and i don't know they need to give them a break and I don't, I don't really see a problem with just saying, you know what, from now on, we're going to start the season a month later anyways. We like it better, you know? 
Like, I don't understand why they wouldn't do that because I got to watch a lot more regular season basketball this year because the season didn't overlap as much with the NFL or college football. Yeah. And they can, I mean, so they can get fans to watch more games. They can extend the season into July so they can own July when usually it's just baseball and some soccer. Like, I mean, I, I, right. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either, but I know that there is a reason that has to do with money. Yeah. And I'm sure that they know what they're doing, <laughs> but I do think it's hurting their product. And, you know, they got to ask themselves, like, okay, this year we kind of rushed them back kind of quickly. We could have taken a little bit longer, but we thought that it would be better for money-wise to come back early. Well, is it really better? I mean, the Lakers are out. Yeah because of injuries mm-hmm. you know the nets are out because of injuries is it really better like i love it i love these playoffs but from the nba standpoint i'm not sure that that's necessarily better and i think it's hurting their product yeah so the last thing that we've got here so there's a new report from the athletic today which is talking about the nba is preparing to implement some new rules regarding non-basketball motion what the heck does this mean so when players are shooting you know they lean into a defender or they kick their leg up while shooting and it's a defensive foul so they're trying to get rid of that so basically what the nba is trying to do and they're trying to implement this by next season is they want to train referees to identify and properly officiate these non-basketball motions like when a shooter launches or leans into a defender when he kicks his leg up or to the side or when an offensive player, you know, veers off his path into a defender. So those would now be called offensive fouls or no calls if they're not deemed march if they don't have a marginal effect or not. So I wanted to get your perspective on this because this has definitely been an issue the last few years. The players just jacking these shots up, trying to game the refs, it looks like. Yeah, and it's ugly to watch it. Like, as soon as the defender puts their arm in a certain spot, even, and they're not even touching the, 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 the shooter. Like, the shooter knows, oh, he put his arm up a little bit, I can just hook it, and then jump and shoot, and I'm going to get three free throws. Mm-hmm. And it's ugly, and I, I, I think they do need to change it. You know, I think that the NBA has done a really good job over the last several years of cleaning up the game. And, you know, I am old enough to, to remember. Yeah, I, I remember the NBA in the 80s very well. Here it comes! And I understand people that say that the NBA isn't as good a game. I think it's much better than it was in the 80s and the 90s. It sucked huh. watching players just beat up on each other the way that they used to back then. And you still get it a little bit in the post, but, you know, you used to have... Like, one of the reasons Scottie Pippen was so good defensively is because he would just beat the hell out of the point guard, taking the ball up the court all the way from the other sideline all the way up the court. He would just hound them physically. And it wasn't fun to watch. And it made for ugly, low-scoring games. And it cleaned up a lot of that stuff. And, you know, they've got to get a little bit better at it. They've got to get rid of these stupid foul hunters because it's ugly to watch it. You know, James Harden is one of the best players of the modern era, and very few people like watching him because they hate watching that. 
You know, they hate watching him hunt for fouls. But James Harden is one of the smartest basketball players out there because, of course, he should be doing that. I mean, they, you know, the, the NBA lets him do it, so he'd be stupid not to. Trey Young is obviously a really smart player. He does it all the time, and that's the one thing about Trey Young's game that I hate watching. I don't think he's stupid for doing it, but I really wish that he couldn't get away with that stuff because it's not fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think another thing that the NBA is not talking about enough, they just, they need to get rid of intentional fouls altogether. Like if if you're going to do an intentional foul, it's a technical foul. You get a free throw. There's, there's, you know, at the end of the game, you just, you see this where like, as soon as Ben Simmons gets the ball, somebody wraps them up. They're not even bothering to go for the ball. Yeah. They just wrap them up. The heck and that should be, they, they can get rid of that very easily. And it's ugly and it ruins the end of, end of the game. They can get rid of it very easily by saying, okay, if you're going to do that and it's perfectly obvious that you weren't even making a basketball play, then you know what? Ben Simmons is going to go to the line. But then after he shoots, they're still getting the ball again. And, and that will cleaned up very quickly and you wouldn't have that problem. And you would also be able to have more players like Giannis and Ben Simmons out there at the end of games because they wouldn't be doing that kind of crap. Mm -hmm. But there's not really, I don't think there's very much volition right now to getting that done, but I think it would be a good move. Too many facts. I, I, yeah, the only thing I really saw was the, these non-basketball motions that they're talking about one more though that we were that we were talking about was instant replay because they've allowed the coaches challenges over the last year or two and the ends of games have you know turned into 30 minute slugfests because they go to the they go to the monitor for every little thing now yeah and i think uh i think when we were talking about this just you and i i think we came up between us uh with a really good solution that, that I, I think would work great. And so you were talking about how they do it in soccer. Mm -hmm. So they have the VAR. So they have a ref who is stationed all game to watching the game and replays. And he's the guy who calls the ref, the main ref, because they only have the one main ref in soccer, and calls him and says, if the ref didn't call a penalty, but he sees a penalty that VAR is going to call in the ref to say that's probably a penalty so the ref can check it. Or the VAR can call the penalty itself, which would probably right. you know, limit the time it takes for the refs to go to the monitor, giving a lot more commercial breaks, but a bunch of timeouts, basically free timeouts at the end of the games. Right, but, but that VAR ref, like, they don't, like you said, they don't have to change gears from calling the game on the court to all of a sudden looking at a replay. They're doing it the entire time. Like that's their main job. Yeah. And and yeah, the the, the thought that I had is because I, I don't know. I mean I think that the end of the NBA games, the NBA has a problem there. And I think it's a problem of their own making because they know that there more people are watching the game at the end than at any other time. Mm -hmm. So they want to maximize the advertisement revenue that they get at the end of the game, but I think they pushed it too far because now I rarely watch games as they happen. I usually like wait an hour and then start playing it so that I can just fast forward through all that stuff. So that means I'm not watching any commercials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but you know it, they just they take forever so you know what i think would be a good idea something like what you were talking about but having an additional part to it where there's a lot of deference to what the on-court referee called and unless the var guy is seeing something that is just really obvious he's not changing it mm-hmm. like if he sees it and it's like well it's right there the the on-court official couldn't have gotten it but the ball clearly went out on Giannis. There you go. Then go ahead and change it. But if it is a really close call, and it's one of those where you have the announcers like, well, I think it's this, and another announcer saying, I think it's that. Like, if it's that kind of one where it's a really close call, you know that within five seconds of watching the replay. You really do. Like, you know it very quickly. Make the call, move on, be done with it. So there really shouldn't be this I need three minutes to, or 10 minutes to look at it but to make a very close judgment call. That judgment call should have gone to the on-court ref and what he saw with his own eyes, not through the video. Yeah. And that's, you know, not something they're talking about. But so I guess if they do start talking about it, you can blame us or congratulate us. Sanders facts. Sanders facts rules. There you go. Absolutely. And if they, if they do change that, I expect that we will get some sort of monetary compensation like uh, we should become employees of the nba at that point probably i mean come on sure we're just making the game for them all right but that's (laughs) that's all we've got this week so eastern conference finals western conference finals those are this week draft lottery and next week we're gonna have hillbilly back on to talk about draft lottery little draft preview i guess which i guess is going to take place after the finals are done in july which is a lot later than that usually happens but you know, with the delayed season. All right. Well, thanks, Silvilly. It's been a lot of fun again. Thank you. This is Xander's Facts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Xander's Facts podcast. Thanks again to Hillbilly for a record-breaking third time as he joins us here on the Xander's Facts podcast. And we're going to have him back again for a another record-breaking fourth time. He breaks his own records. Fourth time. Next week on the Xander's Facts podcast, don't Miss it. And that's all we've got this week for the Zaris Facts Podcast. I mean, we went the full podcast this week talking NBA. We've got a ton of stuff. We had a ton of stuff. We've got conference finals. And then we've got other stuff. The draft lottery was this week. So we're going to talk about that next week, what that means. I mean, Detroit Pistons, number one pick. How about that? We'll talk about all that next week. Plus, we're going to get into the COVID stuff. And we're going to talk about, so the Senate on Tuesday voted on the For the People Act. 50 Democrats voted for it, 50 Republicans opposed. I know they got mention of it, where about that? We'll talk about that sometime, even though you all know what's in it. You all know the good stuff. Well, apparently, it's not going to happen. All right, but that's it. That's a wrap here on this week's edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening, for bearing through it with us, and remember... If you want to support the Xander's Facts Podcast, if you like what you heard, then remember, right now, go click that follow button or subscribe, whatever. Click the download button on this episode, episode 21. Rate the podcast, review the podcast, and then when you're done, go on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and go follow, like, subscribe. I don't even know to the Xander's Facts Podcast. That's Xander with a z and most importantly whatever you're doing wherever you are i don't care if you're in the middle of the ocean with no one around you spread 
the facts. Xander's Facts Podcast. Make sure everyone on the globe knows about the Xander's Facts Podcast. That's it. That's a wrap on episode 21 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. The first Xander's Facts Podcast as an adult. I mean, how about that? Thank you all for listening, and we'll see y'all next week.